Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Yokohama Avid Ascend LX. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd. Head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecop, 3 and Out Podcast. Back at it again. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I don't know when you're listening. I'm recording this. We're almost done with the first half in the Monday night game. It's actually a Thursday night game. They sent the Monday night crew. I couldn't take them anymore, so I muted them. I'm watching Mike Glennon just eviscerate Vance Joseph, who might be the most overrated coach in the history of the NFL. I mean, this is a guy that the national media has blown for years. Check out his resume. His defenses are awful. He's going to be the, you know, I don't know if Cliff Kingsbury is very good. I have a massive red flag on him. We'll dive into this in a second. But I'm going to talk about, I got some thoughts on Billy O'Brien coming up. See the worst GM in the league? Jimmy G throws five picks and kind of what it symbolizes. How gambling is kind of like what weed is becoming in America. And then we always do the Middlecoff mailbag. At John Middlecoff is my Instagram handle. You slide right in and I'll answer your questions on the podcast. Easiest way to get a hold of me. I, easier than phone, to be honest with you. But start with, uh, we'll get into hard knocks here in one second, but really quick on the Cardinals. I already I already can't stand Cliff Kingsbury. Not because he's not a good guy. Not because of the character stuff, which I heard. He's an awesome guy. Hardworking. He's actually, from what I've heard, he's nothing like he looks. Super hard worker. Comes from a military family. I'd actually be good friends with him. I just despise his offense. The clap BS at the line of scrimmage, which Kyler was getting called for, uh, you know, false start on the offense. I, I just, I hate all that crap. He's basically a skinnier, tanner version of Chip Kelly. This ain't going to work in the NFL. It's just not. But one thing that I know will not work in the NFL 
is Vance Joseph, who is a terrible defensive coordinator. He was awful when he was a defensive coordinator in Miami. He's going to be beyond terrible this year for the Arizona Cardinals. And he wasn't a very good defensive guy. Like, how was the Denver defense, which was historically great, was shitty for two years under him. He's just not a good, he's not a good coordinator. He's definitely not a good head coach. He's a position coach at best. Like, just because you're a coach doesn't mean you're a good coach. You know, just because I'm a podcaster doesn't mean I'm a good podcaster. If no one listens, I'd suck, right? Just if I'm, a, You're not a good salesman if you can't sell. Coaching is one of those professions where you keep getting hired because you have a name, because you have an agent, and you can stink. Like, I, I know this. If Vance Joseph is the opposing team's defensive coordinator, as my guy Tommy Lasorda once famously said, I'm sending a limousine to the hotel to make sure that he's on the sideline coaching that team. I want him there. Would anyone ever say that about a good coach, a decent coach? I want Vance Joseph on the sideline. I I, I, I dream about him coaching against him. Uh, I'm licking my lips if I'm an offensive coach and Vance Joseph is coordinating the defense. Just just an abomination. The Cardinals are going to stink. Uh, but Cliff Kingsbury, I just... I'm not into soft offenses. I, and I got no problem with college concepts. I, I just hate the mindset when anyone ever says, I can't play the fullback. You can't play a fullback? Andy Reid does. Sean Payton does. Bill Belichick does. Can't play the fullback? Now, I understand not playing him every play or having certain packages for him or having a versatile versatile fullback. But just the that, that, that spread offense is always like, no fullbacks in our offense. Why would you ever say no anything in an offense? Think how stupid that is to ever your first, if your first reaction is no, we don't do that. I think you're an idiot. Most coaches, the good coaches be like, oh, well, what can we do with that? Then it might not work for them, but they are, they're never close minded. I remember when I went all in on Lincoln Riley because Chip's offense made me want to puke, refused to use the fullback, would get to the goal line, couldn't put a quarterback under center. I remember Lincoln Riley, it might've been like Baker sophomore, maybe his junior year watching a game early on in the season. They got down to the red zone at like the one-yard line. He put Baker under center, put a fullback in, and ran power. I'm like, I like this guy. He runs a spread offense, but he's not stubborn enough or unwilling enough or doesn't have the capability to, you know, put other things in his offense. And then a couple things on the Raiders. Derek in his one drive was really good. Now the Cardinals offense or defense is really terrible. But my big takeaway for the Raiders was Hard Knocks. And I think Hard Knocks had a massive, massive comeback on Tuesday. I would imagine most people listening to this podcast watch Hard Knocks. Uh, John Gruden was the superstar. John Gruden is your movie star. He is, like, when I went to see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I'd highly recommend it if you like movies because it's a really good movie. The reason the movie was so damn good, it had two superstars playing the lead characters. Brad Pitt Leo. When I watch a television show, I want stars. That's what movies like. That's what television's like. Like, think of the most famous television shows. I don't know, Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld? Tony Soprano. The Sopranos. James Gandolfini? Mad Men. John, you know, I mean, you just start thinking. They're mank superstars. That's what John Gruden is. And the NFL, unlike the other sports, where in baseball they're paying managers 800 k in the NBA, GMs don't give a shit what coaches think because they're going to implement their stuff through the Excel spreadsheet. We see Daryl Morey doing it, and more and more organizations are doing it all over the NBA. In football, beside your quarterback, the most famous guy on your team is typically your head coach. With the Raiders, it clearly is their head coach, and they have Antonio Brown. 
but around the league, your coach is your most famous guy. Unless you have, I mean, an absolute rock star quarterback. Like like Andy. You could argue Andy Reid's still a bigger deal than Mahomes. And Mahomes is a defendant, you know, returning MVP. Sean Payton, every bit of a big a deal is, is Drew Brees. You could argue Belichick. Tom Brady might be the best player slash quarterback in the history of the league. You could argue Belichick's equally as big of a rock star. Like, it's a star coaching. It just You don't even need to be a star. You're just a head coach. You're a big deal. Vance Joseph clearly wasn't a star. He's a terrible coach. But when he was the head coach, he was a big deal. He resonated when you said his name. People knew who he was. And you're only as strong in these shows as your head coach. And Gruden's a star. And I thought he brought out a little bit of his a-hole. You know, he even said, like, I'm being a dick right now. He mentioned it when he was yelling at Glennon and Peterman. I want more of that. That's the true Gruden. He's clearly adapted and he's, he's trying to mold the millennials. I don't think millennials mind getting yelled at when we're wrong. We understand. We're humans. We're no different than any generation. When we're wrong, we can get yelled at. Some of us, it may take us a little longer to recover, but I think we can recover just fine. Like, you can get screamed at. It's okay. Humans have been screamed at by their parents and coaches for the history of time. I I, I think millennials and Gen Z or whatever the generation is after us are going to be able to take it because every other generation took it. When you're wrong, now if, you, if you're just screaming at me to scream at me, yeah, you're kind of a clown. But if I deserve it, scream at me. It, for the for, Again, the history of time, it's made humans better. Whether it's parenting a kid or whether it's coaching a kid. That, that's just a reality. And I, I thought the Hard Knocks was outstanding. The Antonio Brown drama. W- one thing is also clear. They showed some clips today on SportsCenter of Antonio Brown running gassers at Cardinal Stadium. Uh, took a couple routes from Derek Carr, was dressed out for the game. His feet clearly weren't the big issue this last week. He left the team and threw a hissy fit over the helmet. Like, this entire thing happened over helmet gate. Think how crazy that is. Now, at the end of the day, watching the one drive, Derek had a nice pass to Terrell Williams. Their first-round running backs, really good player. You factor in the best wide receiver there. They added Trent Brown. They have some weapons on offense. Now, their defense is going to be terrible. But offensively, if Derek can bounce back, which is the major question mark, they could have, uh, they could be a team flying under the radar a little bit because they'll be able to score points. That's they, they should be able to score points. So I'm out on Cliff Kingsbury, uh, not because I don't like him as a guy. I actually think I'd like him a lot as a guy. I just can't stand his offense. I think his defensive coordinator might be top five worst in the NFL. I mean, I, I, again, Vance Joseph, the other teams can't wait to see him on the sideline on Sundays. Kyler Murray, it's going to be a little tougher than you think. Like, welcome to Sundays. And I like Kyler Murray, but it, it's going to be a challenge. And I, I'm so glad that John Gruden bounced back. And I know Collins got on some rants, and he, he's been dead on about the Raiders, living in with the nostalgia, holding on to the 70s. Well, of course they're holding on to the 70s and 80s. That's the last time they were good. But Gruden, he, he's a unique personality. And he has his flaws. He may be a little power hungry. He likes picking the players, even though he shouldn't. But goddamn, he is an entertaining individual when the camera's pointed at him. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. 
Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well... I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices... You're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Okay, let's get into the Houston Texans. And Billy O'Brien, my bald brother, and anyone that's bald is my bald brother. 
And the head coach of the Houston Texans, Billy O'Brien, who is, you know, I think it's pretty clear, we, we don't need to sugarcoat it, is a control freak. But he's the worst type of control freak, in my opinion. He thinks he's good enough to do every job, when clearly he's not. And if the NFL had a general manager school, he would be the, the, the number one guy that would need to attend the thing. Because I, most of you guys... I'm sure we have a lot of salespeople that listen to this. I know I have friends just in the Bay Area that do that are salespeople. And a lot of them, because of just where I live, work for tech companies. A lot of them sell data. A lot of them sell at different companies that have the ability to store your data. People work for Apple, Facebook. They sell the product. They, they would never in a million years know how to develop the storage software that all these companies are paying them a premium to buy from the salespeople. They are just the intermediary to find the company to, to buy it. They don't create the product. I got an iPad sitting right here. There are a lot of Apple salesmen all over the place. They have no clue how to create the, the iPad. Now, it's not quite as complicated because it has been done before. And there are certain people in any line of work. In football, you have Belichick. He's a good enough GM. Steve Jobs... There were things that he could do. Bill Gates, they ran a company and they could create. It happened. Zuckerberg created Facebook. Like I'm not saying it's impossible, but for the most part, the majority of people have a specific role for a reason. I mean, there's a reason that beside the CEO, you have a financial officer, a chief marketing oper- uh, officer, you have a chief, chief operating officer, specific roles for specific people. There is a reason in professional sports, you have a coach, or in baseball, a manager, and a general manager. So you do not find yourself in situations like you have with the Houston Texans. The biggest difference I found in covering the league like I do, working in it, and just immersing myself in every element of the of the football team is that often coaches, their nature is to think short-term. Where the front office factors in value, money, and big picture thoughts. And if you merge them together perfectly, you get high-level organizational cohesion and success. It's a pretty tried-and-true formula. Well, we have information now. Billy O'Brien has no clue what he's doing as a general manager. And he found himself in this Jadeveon Clowney situation, which they, at one point in time, his first year as a coach, they drafted him number one overall. Jadavion Clowney, number one overall. Got off to a rocky start to his career, but has developed into arguably a top five or six edge player in the league. Now, the money he's asking for has been reported about $100 million and $75 million guaranteed. In a perfect world, you'd like to pay him about sixty-five, million, but I, I get it. Here's the major problem. For whatever reason, Billy O'Brien doesn't like him as a player. Does not, does not want him on his team. To me, that's pretty clear. He does not want him on the team for a, for a large amount of money. Like, I don't even think that's arguable at this point. Well, once the deadline hit, which I think was June 15th, it might have been July 15th, my, my number might be off, but the, the deadline is passed. And any team that trades for Jadeveon Clowney right now cannot extend him till late in December because of league rules. So his value for any team around the league has diminished exponentially. Like when Khalil Mack was traded last year, right around this time, you know, at the end of preseason, 
The Chicago Bears, because it was only his fourth year, he wasn't a franchise tag player and he wasn't an unsigned franchise tag player, he could immediately be extended. They did. They gave him $90 million. You can't do that if you acquire Clowney. So you have to play out the year. So to me, that immediately tells the entire league would be unwilling to give them anything probably more than like a fourth round pick. The risk is just too great because either he sucks and for him to suck, you'd probably have to get hurt. Then you wouldn't want to pay him. And if he's unreal, like really, really good, why wouldn't he just want to play out till free agency? He would just play it out. I mean, he'd be a week away from free agency. I think the date's December 29th. They're in this position because they're poorly ran. Look at the Chiefs. The Chiefs had also used a first-round pick. Might have even been the same year. It had to be the same year. On D. Ford. Now, D. Ford's not even close to as good as Clowney. They played it out, played it out. Well, then they franchised him. Well, when they realized, when they realized that he was not going to be on the Kansas City Chiefs long-term and they didn't feel comfortable paying him, what did they do? They traded him well before the deadline. What did that enable them to do? Get a decent return, second-round pick, and also allow the team to trade it for him to extend him, right? Because that's what you want to do when you trade for a player. Extend the player when, when you give up a, at least, it's what you want to do when you give up a high pick. Probably a second or anything higher, you know, definitely than a second-round pick, second and first-round picks. You're going to want to extend that player. And then it also allowed them to do business. They used that space, they got aggressive, and they went and got Frank Clark. Well, the Texans did nothing. They don't have the player. They are not going to extend him. And his trade market has to be shitty because who's trading for a player that they can't extend who is going to be worth a lot of money and that you'd have to trade a pretty high pick to make it worth it for them to trade him. So they're kind of in this old school standoff, but no one can win here. This is bad business. I mean, this is GM 101. And I understand they had a GM at the time and he ended up getting fired. But how did Bill O'Brien, like, if you knew that Bill O'Brien didn't want him, like, you never should have been in this situation. They should have just traded him in March. He was a tradable player in March. The Raiders might have given you a second-round pick and paid him a ton of money. A lot of teams would have. Hell, the 49ers might have given you a better second-round pick than they gave up for D. Ford to get this guy. I, I mean, this is this is embarrassing. And, and then it's clear that he's not a good GM because he gave him a fourth-round pick for Duke Johnson. Fourth-round pick for Duke Johnson? And I like Duke Johnson, but that's... Should cost you like a sixth, maybe a fifth. Hell, Duke, even since he's got him, has been hurry, he can't even practice. But this is what happens. When egos get involved and people that love to micromanage and are just power hungry, Bill, you're a terrible general manager for whatever reason. It doesn't quite make sense because you learn from Belichick. You are a good coach. You clearly understand talent because you're able to use your talent well when it's on the field. But you can't pick the players. And you sure as hell can't wheel and deal. You're, you're an embarrassment when it comes to wheeling and dealing. Because now this, this clowning situation is a train wreck. An absolute dumpster fire. And the Duke Johnson trade was just, what? You gave him a fourth round pick for a player that they clearly didn't really want? For a guy now that's hurt, who's like a backup rotational guy? What are you doing? Whatever you have to do, Bill, whether it's Casario or interview someone... You have to learn to get out of the way of the personnel people and let them help you. They are there to help you. It'd be like a CEO constantly looking at a CFO and COO thinking those two guys are out to get him. Like your general manager, and this happens a lot in the NFL, Bill's not alone, is that whenever you get off course 
and Bill can't, every general manager, Rick Smith, and then it's Brian Gain, if it's Casario or John Middlecoff next, it won't work. We now have a resume. He can't get along with anybody for whatever reason, whether he's too insecure, whether he doesn't trust people, I don't know. But it does not work. And if he can't find a general manager, because this season to me, unless Clowney comes back and gives him all he has to just ultimately plan another team, you know, relatively soon, this will be his last season as the Texans, which I, we saw Clowney that last year at South Carolina. When he know, when he's not all in on you, he mails it in. I, I don't want Clowney in a situation like this. Clowney last year played like he was in a contract year because in his mind he was. Well, now he's franchised and now he's pissed off. I don't really love it. And the problem is, who who's trading for him? How could you give up, hell, a third-round pick for Clowney, knowing that there's a pretty good chance that at the end of the year, Clowney, if he has a really good year, why wouldn't he just play it out? And you legally can't sign him because of the rules. This is exactly what happens when a coach that has no business gaining as much power as he's gained, gains the power and screws up countless situation after countless situation. He's not a good general manager. And I don't care how good of a coach he is, and we know he's not like that elite. He's not a good enough coach to overcome his deficiencies as a personnel man because they're killing him right now. They are holding him back. If he would have had a good GM over these last two year, this two-year period, maybe they extend Clowney, maybe they trade him and get a bunch of assets. Maybe they, because they, they have a ton of high-end talent. J.J. Watt's still awesome. Deshaun Watson, Hopkins. They, they got players. Yet, for whatever reason, his limitations as a personnel man are probably going to be their own doing and probably the reason that they may only get knocked out in the first round again. Hell, maybe make it to the second round and then say goodbye. But th- th- this is on Billy O. Th- this is, this is Billy, o, Billy O's problem right now. And he created this. And there's only one solution. He needs to swallow his pride, swallow his ego, and learn to learn to work with someone who can help them. Because that's what the general manager is paid to do, help the coach. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long time long way away with over 122 million parts you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly brake kits led headlights roof racks bumpers whatever your baby needs ebay motors has it and with ebay guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time 
every time or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Toyo Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Toyo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. I was off the grid a little bit on Wednesday uh, on my for my other podcast, Haberman Middlecoff. We interviewed the new voice of the 49ers, Greg Papa. He had been the voice of the Raiders for 20-plus years. He'd been a Warriors guy, A's guy, Giants guy. He's like, where I live, he's the most accomplished broadcaster by far and probably the biggest broadcasting star. But he's just a sports nut. Great listen if you haven't. Go listen. I mean, it's he's very entertaining. But I, I was a little out of the loop. So I, I wasn't as locked in on Twitter. I was at, we met him at AT&T. It's now called Oracle, where the San Francisco Giants playing the A's. Hung out there all day. So I, I just, I wasn't as locked in as I really have been since training camp. And I get home, and I realize, like, the number one story in the NFL is that Jimmy Garoppolo has thrown five straight interceptions in practice, which is pretty crazy. Like, that's pretty hard to do. And a lot of people were bringing a lot of takes and a lot of thoughts on the impact of everything. My number one takeaway from just the headline was, man, football really matters and is really important in this country. That, that, that throwing interceptions in practice is this big of a story is pretty nuts. I mean, when you think about it. One, because as we saw last year, it has zero impact in the season. The number one story in Chiefs training camp was Pat Mahomes threw a lot of uh, interceptions. 
what did he end up doing in the regular season? He threw 50 touchdowns, won the MVP. That's first year as a starter. But I think the crazier thing is that in basketball, in the NBA, once the season starts, you don't practice. LeBron James teams literally do not practice. They have no practices. Majority of NBA teams do not practice. In baseball, once the season starts, like literally once spring training ends, there is no such thing as practice. You have batting practice before games, but you don't practice as a team. Football is the one sport, where you, in golf too, but I mean football, the team sport, literally you practice five times as much as you play. In, the, in training camp, you're practicing like the, the game to practice ratio is like 10 to 1. It used to be even crazier back when double days existed. But pr- you practice all the time. Imagine, like I, I, I'm listening, again, I was going to say reading, but I, I'm listening audiobook to Shoe Dog, Phil Knight. Any book you've ever read, just think about it. Imagine if you read the first draft that they didn't get to edit. Think about that. Think about if every marketing slogan we've ever heard or ads on television that you hear on this podcast was an unedited version. Was like the first draft, just they were thrown together in a marketing meeting. That's not the way the world works. If it's quote-unquote called practice, I don't give a shit how much you screw up. Now, I don't want you throwing a pick every play, but yeah, shit happens. Whatever. I don't even think... I think it speaks more to the fever and the the importance and the impact of just stuff at training camp practice. I think it speaks to how much the consumer, you, me, yearn for this information. I'm not saying I didn't... Whoa, that's kind of crazy. I'm not saying it meant nothing to me or meant nothing to you. We all probably retweeted it or talked about it. Like, it's, it's a major story. But I, I, I just think it's crazy that it is a major story. It shows you the world of, of media, social media we live in, and I'm a huge part of it. Again, I, I love it. I embrace it. When people are like, it's, it's overkill. No, I want it even bigger. That means my business is bigger. I, I want more of you to care about practice. That's a good thing. I'll talk about practice. Though, I don't think it means anything. Now, if he throws picks in games, then we got a problem. Then we got a big time problem. But throwing picks in practice... That's where you work things out. Who was I listening to? Who was I listening to? I, I can't remember. It, it was like, uh, I don't think it was Coach Reed. I don't think it was Sean Payton. It might have been a Bruce Arians. I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was a high-level offensive coordinator. Hell, it might have been Sean McVay. And they were just talking like, in practice, when we get certain looks, I want him to throw the ball in that certain area. You know, and I think that's what makes football so complicated for so many people. Is what if it was a period in practice, and I don't even know. I think Kyle said like, yeah, it's not, it wasn't ideal. I'm not saying Kyle was saying that he was throw, supposed to throw the picks, but you often hear coaches talk and quarterbacks talk about it, especially the coaches though, because the quarterback it almost sounds like they're making an excuse. But the coach will say, I told him to check out that certain type of coverage and force it in there to see if he could make it, because. I want to be comfortable then in a game situation, he knows he can or can't make that throw. And you, you, I, I write for The Athletic. My article, when I send it in, has to be edited. One, I'm just not a great writer. And two, like there's a reason editors are employed at every major newspaper, now these websites at The Athletic. They're needed. Like Your first draft is not your final draft. There's a reason practice is not the game. Now, they, to me, I put a lot less emphasis on any practice situation than a coach would. I understand why coaches put emphasis on it. 
it doesn't mean as much to me for any player because I've consistently seen in training camps over the years, guys look really good, and then they play just in preseason games and shit the bed. And then I've seen guys that have been good in practice, young guys, then good in preseason games, then get to the regular season games, and you got to cut them by October 1st. So it's the one sport where, like, if you just went to a pickup basketball game and there were nine NBA players in the game, and if, if you showed up, you were whoever, like a fringe NBA guy, and you held your own, and it was legitimate players, LeBron James, James Harden, whoever, you can list any player you want, and you could hang, like, you could probably play in the NBA. The NFL is the one sport where, like, you might be able to hang in practice, and you might have no chance in the game. I don't really know how to explain it. Hell, I don't even think coaches quite know how to explain it. It's like this it's stuff that's hard to quantify. And there's vice versa. There's guys that look bad in practice and then be pretty good in the games. It's the damnedest thing, but it's true. Now, in a perfect world, you want Khalil Max, J.J. Watts, Tom Brady, guys to kick ass every step of the day, every, every day of the year, right? Drew Brees, Aaron Donald. Most players aren't that. Even Jimmy Garoppolo, which I think has a chance to be a top 10 quarterback this year, he should struggle in practice. He started 10 career games. If he's not throwing picks in practice, we might have a problem. Because I know he's not going to be perfect when Sundays come. He's going to throw some picks. It's okay to throw throw picks. I, I God, it's, it's pissing me off trying to think of the coach that was saying it. It might have been McVay, but I, I feel like, I don't feel like it was. It might have been LaFleur with Rodgers, but I don't think LaFleur has the juice to talk about Rodgers like that. God, it's, it's ticking me off right now. But it, it, it's true, man. And I, I think at the end of the day, the power of the NFL is really unlike anything we've ever seen. Uh, just because it's the biggest sport. The, we don't play that many games, so the other stuff has to be that emphasized. That's the one thing. Once football starts, we talk about the games. Like basketball, the games don't matter during the regular season. That's why we talk about all the other stupid fluff. Football is the one sport now. Where we all we do once the games start, talk about the games, talk about the players, like on the field. This isn't basketball. Once the regular season starts in the NBA, well, maybe this year it'll change a little bit with the super teams kind of gone. But for the last several years, and part of this is the Warriors, they were kicking the shit out of everybody. All we had to talk about is like, did LeBron James look at Kyrie funny? Is Kevin Durant in a pissy mood today? It was like, God, these stories are so stupid. Well, that's a little bit what the offseason is like with football. A little bit. I mean, it's still on-the-field stuff. But it's like, God, five straight interceptions is a story? I I don't even... What's my opinion on it? I don't know. It's practice. I I wrote an article this week for The Athletic. If if they just would have posted it, you probably wouldn't have been able to get through the first, I don't know, two paragraphs. Right? Whatever you do for a living, you guys probably had meetings this week or last week getting ready for Q4. You got to iron stuff out before the quarter comes. You you don't just go to print or you know call to action of whatever you're trying to do. It takes time. You work through stuff. That's the point of practice for football. You work. You're allowed to make mistakes in practice. We care about the games. We care about the live reps against other teams. So again, my, my takeaway is a positive one. It, sh- it shows really the power of the NFL. Red. Earlier this week, a couple days ago, that CBS, which is by far the stiffest network, is going to be open to showing like game lines on their pregame shows and even show it on the ticker, you know, like over-unders, just lines. And I just laughed out loud. And it reminds me a lot 
of marijuana in this country. For years, like my parents, the generation I grew up in, my parents viewed marijuana no different like crack cocaine. They, they, they thought it was, it, it was it was on the same level. Now, in 2019, at least where I live, it's legal. And in the next several years, it's going to be federally legal and legal in every state in America. Now, there may be a couple southern states that fight it till the bitter end, but it's coming. I promise you that. Got family that works in the beer business. The beer companies have invested huge cash into marijuana. You're going to go into 7-Elevens, Safeway, wherever you live, because this is a national show. I don't know, outside of the West Coast, Walmarts, Costco's, wherever, and find CBD drinks. Now, CBD is a little different than marijuana, but I'm encompassing it all. I, I, I'm in business with my other podcast with uh, a marijuana company. And I promise you, their, their checks are big and they clear. And the, the business, and they're a huge business. I mean, they are going to be like the Amazon of weed in America. I promise you. Now, my parents, you know, my dad was sick and never really saw him. My mom, I, you know, I don't even know. I, she's probably uncomfortable, sees signs when I do my periscopes in the background. And I go, well, well, as someone that I don't really drink that much anymore. And I never really smoked marijuana, especially like throughout most of my young adult life. And I've kind of transferred or you transitioned. And I, no hangovers, no nothing. It actually inspires my creativity. It's just a huge part of society, and it we're, it's only going to grow. And I don't drink that much, and I feel way better. I've lost weight. <laughs> I don't even think it's it's debatable that marijuana is much healthier for you than alcohol. And I'm not trying to get on my high horse here because I, I really don't care what you do. But the point is, there's been a huge shift with perception with weed because people realize, God, it's really not that bad. Well, what happened? The alcohol companies, and for a long time, the cigarette companies who were as powerful of a big business as we had in America, destroyed them. Now, ultimately, they've been destroyed, and now weed is coming to power. Well, forever, one of the NFL's biggest advantages in America was gambling. Everyone knew about it. Everyone talked about it, except the networks and the league. It was frowned upon for announcers to bring up gambling. The networks, because they were all in bed with the NFL and knew they were uncomfortable with it, refused to touch it. Yet, one of the reasons the NFL for years have been so successful was because it was the best sport by a mile to gamble on. Listen, everyone, I say this all the time, everyone thinks gambling is going to change sports. Bullshit. If you ever tried to gamble on baseball, it sucks. You ever tried to gamble on the NBA and then all of a sudden look up and had Kawhi's team and he's getting load managed or bet on LeBron's team and he just takes the day off and he's drinking wine on the sideline? That sucks. That's not the deal with the NFL. Because injuries, the way you know the injury report works during the week, you have somewhat of an idea. So if a guy doesn't play on Sunday, it is rarely a shocker. Because we gamble on the sport. It's very... It, fantasy now is intermixed. It's all a big part of the puzzle to the league's dominance. And they finally have realized, and obviously when the Raiders moved to Vegas, was a huge tipping point for the league. And I think ultimately the A's might end up moving there one day too, or their baseball team's going to be there. And they're also going to have an NBA team. The game has changed, because I think we realize, wait, it's all legal. And I've said this the whole time about gambling. Think how arbitrary the law is. Think how stupid it is that I can drive to Reno, and from my house it's about three hours from where I'm sitting right now, and place a bet. But I can't do it where I'm sitting. And I say the same thing about prostitution. I, I can drive to Dennis Hoff's, 
Bunny Ranch and pay for a prostitute, but I can't do it right here. I'm not saying, I'm, I'm not determining whether it's right or wrong. I, I'm just saying the law makes no sense. And clearly with gambling now, it's becoming legal, popping up in all different states. My, I know my state will be one of the last because we're too dumb and we won't know how to monetize it, even though we have, you know, the most people and generate the most money for a state, but it's just a whole nother, you know, conversation. But it really is crazy that everyone's like, oh yeah, we're going to talk about gambling now. Uh, just about 20 years too late, fellas. What has taken you so long? What has taken this country so long? You know, this is big business, and I, I'm not trying to discriminate here. Speaking for men, now obviously I know women gamble, but a lot of the women I date always tell me not to gamble. It's a big deal with men. We like to gamble. Most men, and really whatever you're doing, some men don't actually gamble, but part of their like, if you're a football coach, you're gambling every day. Because you're just depending on like your players. It's all a risk. Now, for us on the outside that we don't have, you know, even as a fan, we like putting a little juice down on the game. It's fun. It's a blast. It can also be harmful. You got to be careful with your units. I've had some devastating losses. Also had some big wins. More losses than wins. But I, I'll never dispute that there is no feeling like winning a bet. And there's probably no shittier feeling than losing a bet, especially if you place a lot of money on it. But to think that it has been illegal and taboo for these networks to talk about for so long, and you realized money talks shit walks because they realize how much money is being gambled now and that the leagues are embracing it. Every single network now is, has a gambling show. Fox, CBS, ESPN, now all the networks are talking about it. They're incorporating it into their broadcast. And I just shake my head. Why did it take this long? Why did it take this long for society to realize, you know what marijuana is? not that bad you know it's really not and you know alcohol as someone that's trying to drink less and less trust me it's it affects me in way worse ways forget things Uh, i feel hung over and terrible the next day i can smoke weed and wake up it's 5 30 in the morning and go to the gym you know it's just like i shouldn't have to place a bet with some company online overseas I should just be able to go down to a sports book in Walnut Creek or in San Francisco or wherever I live or the mobile app. Thank God that's coming because, and, you know, I guess better late than never, but it really shouldn't have taken this long. Something that's a part of our culture, something that's a big reason why the sport is being so successful. And whether you gamble or not, you've done it before indirectly. And two, I promise you, if you, especially if you can just control how much you're gambling on the sport, it's pretty fun. I mean, it's just, there's no way to argue it. It's pretty fun, and by far, like I said, football, th- th- there's no sport even in the even in its stratosphere in terms of entertainment, in terms of fairness, to gamble on. It's, it's by far the best. So I, I'm just, I guess I'm glad, uh, but I'm also a little frustrated that it took this long, that it's finally here. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get 
a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of general tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you, or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their general tire, test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Okay, let's get into the Middlecoff mailbag. At John Middlecoff is my Instagram handle. It's where I answer you guys' questions. And uh, let's start here with... uh, That's your name. Here's my question. There have been a large amount of holdouts and contract talks this season, in my opinion. I'd agree. Which most of them seem to be not working out. It also looks to be that the players are getting bad advice from their agents as to these contract negotiations. 
If I were a player, I would have cut out my agent a long time ago and saved myself both money and bad advice. And with the league contracts being public, hire a loyal lawyer to deal with my paperwork. Do you think there might be a time soon where NFL agents are no longer using the NFL? Or at the most part, we start to see an increase of players without agents? I think we're going to see a lot more players without agents. Uh, I still do think there are really good agents. You know, Drew Rosenhaus, Tom Condon. You know, I, I think Dak, uh, you know, say what you want about his hold. He's not holding out. But his contract negotiation, I texted a guy in the league and just asked Todd France, who's his agent, and he said he's really good. So, I mean, there are really good agents. What Mike McCartney did for Kirk Cousins a couple years ago was big time. But I do think we're seeing consistent bad advice, too. I think it's all on the player. Like, I'll give Dak credit. Dak showed up. And you negotiate in good faith, even though it kind of gets within bad faith as it gets public. But, like, who Zeke, what are you doing? Melvin Gordon, what are you doing? Clowney, I, I kind of blame Bill O'Brien for that one. But, yeah, I, I think we've always seen players... One thing, player holdouts... I've seen this on Twitter, like, oh, the influence of the NBA! Yeah, I mean, there's been holdouts. Well, you're Edmund Smith holdout of the Cowboys. Is that 93, 94? Like, it, this has been going on. I was nine years old. It's been going on for a while. There's always going to be bad advice. It's just like any walk of life, right? If you meet 10 people in business, how many of them truly know what they're doing? Three or four? It's just it's just a numbers game in life. There's a small percentage of people that are really good and people that know what they're doing, people that handle them correctly. You know, you, you can use the media to your to your advantage. Remember Russell Wilson and his agent did that? But they didn't hold out. They didn't miss any time. They just got the job done. I, Dax just getting the job. Same with Amari. They showed up. They're handling it correctly. I think every, you got to look at every individual holdout in its own vacuum, you know, individually, and then kind of judge it by there. And I think you're always going to see players get poor advice, and you're always going to see players make their – like Khalil Mack last year did the right thing. Mark Davis didn't have the cash to pay him. They were never going to pay him. He had to eventually force his way out or get his money, and he did. Uh, big fan, when I can love your opinions of the NFL. In the end, who do you think has the best career, Wentz, Dak, or Goff? It's a good question. I'm going to I'm gonna try to preface this by saying I think Wentz is the most physically gifted. I think Goff has been the best out of the three, just top to bottom, just, you know, once factoring in once McVay got there. I think Dak has had some pretty special moments. If I was going to bet on one of the three, you know, the, the risky bet would be Wentz. Again, most talented, has a Super Bowl winning coach. I, I, get, I get kind of scared with injured guys. Now, I, I believe in Wentz. I'm a fan of Wentz. But if I, if I was going to take the conservative angle here, I'd take Goff. He also has an elite coach. His skills can just translate for a long period of time. Dak, to me, is much more dependent on his teammates than these other two. People are like, well, Goff's team. Yeah, I mean, Goff is throwing to Robert Woods. He made Robert Woods an 80-plus catch guy. That's not Odell Beckham, you know. It's before, and I like, trust me, I, I called Robert Woods Reggie Wayne when I did him coming out of college. I thought that's who he could become, and I hope he continues to become that guy. But I, I, I would probably take Goff, though I... I'm not saying that Goff is the more talented player because the, the most talented player of that group is clear. It's Wentz by a mile. How he did the right thing by extending him. There's just a risk. I just 
It's like with Jimmy Garoppolo. People are like, how do you think a season's going to be? I'm like, well, let's see him play five games in a row. Now, I've seen Wentz play five games in a row. I've seen him see him play 16 straight, which he hasn't done right since his, I almost said freshman year, rookie year. Hey, John, Ed from Australia. What up, mate? That's, I don't have a very good Australian accent. Question regarding Dak. Would Jerry step away and let Dak go to the market if they can't get a deal done? Would any other team pay him close to $40 million? I feel like the Cowboys hold all the leverage. Awesome quarterback draft coming up next year. 30 feels like Dak's, you know, getting 30. 30 feels like the best Dak's getting. Agree. Jerry's old but does have time. I don't know how much time. Would love to hear your comments about it. I, I think I said on the last podcast, I, I've been saying on Twitter nonstop, who is paying Dak Prescott $30 million this offseason? $30 million, let alone 40 which I know Colin talked about it this year. It's negotiations, the way the world works. You throw out high numbers. I, I overreacted, but I, but I get what he's saying. He's right. I mean, it doesn't mean anything. Who's if, if they end up paying him $32 million a year, my question is this, this simple. Let him hit the open market and try to get $32 million. Who's paying him $25? I, I don't, they don't exist. The Bengals? You're telling me the Bengals are going to pay him $80 million guaranteed? I, I don't see it. I don't see who Jerry's negotiating against. I, I To me, Zeke has some leverage because he goes, Hey, Jerry, you can pay Dak all that money. You know you need me to help him. Yeah, To me, I, and I've been hard on Zeke. I don't think you get to hold out when you've been a slappy. When you consistently go to Roger Goodell's office and your owner, which is also the GM, the guy that cuts the checks, has had your back, I don't think you treat him like that because he wants to pay you. But you have shown him that you're not trustworthy. But I've never disputed Zeke's the best player on the team. He's the best player on the team. He's Zeke's a super. Zeke has Hall of Fame talent, but he's a slappy, and that's the reason he hasn't been paid. He might not be a slappy. He just has slappy tendencies, and he's a poor decision maker off the field because he just does stupid shit, right? Where Dak doesn't, and I think Dak—that's what Dak's saying. I'm the perfect guy, great character. Teammates love me. I've won, even though you can argue winning is not a quarterback stat even though it kind of is, but with this team, it's kind of not because the team's been so good. Yeah, I think think it's a complicated situation. Zeke's the best player of the group, but he's the easiest to replace because he plays running back. But the problem for the Cowboys is it's not like they found him in the third round. They did draft him fourth overall, so it puts him in somewhat of a bind. At what point do we start saying Andrew Luck is becoming or is injury prone? I mean, I think we say it right now. And I, I don't blame Andrew, because he was a horse coming out of college. Ryan Grigson almost ruined his career. I blame Ryan Grigson for Andrew Luck's injury problems. Like, he created this monster that put Andrew Luck always getting hurt. Now, I'm not blaming him necessarily for this injury, but as we saw like this week with Boogie Cousins, follow the NBA, tore his ACL. Well, he's torn his Achilles, he ruptured his quad, he tears his ACL. Like, once one injury happens, you're more inclined to get other injuries because your body starts overcompensating. Andrew is also, I mean, he's... Six foot five, two hundred thirty-five pounds. He's a massive man. I'm nervous, and I, I think Mortensen or Schefter tweeted. I think they talked about it before the game tonight. That there's there's growing optimism, but it's not ideal. I saw a quote from Frank Reich, like we're gonna have to know by the third preseason game because we start game planning after that for the for the uh, week one. Now they've been game planning all off season, but they'd have to tinker it if it's Jacoby. Brissett and not Andrew Luck. Now, I do think their team is good enough to win without Andrew Luck. Chris Ballard's crushed it. 
They got players at every position, and I just think Jacoby Brissett might just be a good player. But Andrew Luck's a top five or six quarterback in the NFL, so if he is injury prone, it's a massive, massive problem. Love the pod. I'm sure I may get laughed off stage, but I can't help but wonder with all the Dallas cap issues is if Jerry Jones will spend any amount of money to win a Super Bowl, but they have issues with the cap. Why not pay Dak or any of the guys like $10 million bucks to cut his grass once? I mean, can they not have two jobs? Maybe Amari is great at juggling and he wants to pay him $5 million bucks to do a show at his grandson's B-Day party. LOL. Seriously, is there something I'm missing or some rules in the bylaws? So he's basically saying, set up, how about them Cowboys LLC and pay these guys on the side? I agree. I would, as I theorized a couple weeks ago with Tom Brady, Robert Kraft paying him on the side, I would cheat. I would have no problem cheating, and if they caught me, so be it. But with these guys, I would try to work something on the side and pay them cash on the side. Now, the Brady-Robert Kraft relationship is unique. They've known each other for a long period of time. When you pay someone on the side, you'd have to trust them you know, unequivocally. Because if word did get out, they'd dock you first-rounders. Like, Jerry Jones not worried about fines, but you start taking away first-rounders, that's a big deal. And they would, if Jerry got caught paying him on the side cash, like they would legitimately might take away like five first rounders. So it would be, de- I don't know the exact rule, but it'd be devastating. They would throw the hammer at him. But if I'm Jerry Jones, I'm 76, I cheat. I mean, I, I got news for you. How do you think business works? Brown bags. You know, you read about these Nike stories about how they get all these players, they pay them cash. Every business, I, I met with someone today. Uh, hopefully a future sponsor of my other podcast, local business in the Bay Area. Like it's just, it's just business is shady, man. Business is a shady world. So I, I wouldn't blame Jerry Jones for kind of cheating. I'm 24 years old from Southern California, working in finance, and I love sports, mostly football. I recently came to the realization that I want to work in sports industry, most likely on the media side. At this point, I don't know where to start, so I was wondering if you had any insight you'd be willing to share. Well, if you have a good job, I'd recommend keeping it just so you can keep making money and just do stuff on the side. The great part is with Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, just you name it, the internet, there's never been a better time to just kind of do a side hustle media personality. Just start a podcast, start doing Instagram videos. I, I, I do Instagram videos every day. Follow me on Instagram. I just I try to do a video or two every day on a topic. I don't, there's not like a blueprint it's going to work or not. I just think people like it, trying it out. You just, I, I mess with stuff every day, every day. So the great thing is like, I have to, this is how I make my money. But if you have another job, it doesn't take that much time to do some posts or a YouTube video, do it at night. So I, I, I think it's one of those jobs that you can do, you can have a side hustle and then maybe your side hustle, maybe you gain steam, maybe you learn you like it, maybe you learn you don't like it. So I'll tell you, like putting these shows together is a little harder than you think. Uh, if, if I wouldn't have worked in radio for a long time, it, it wouldn't have been possible. I wouldn't have known how to do it. And even just since I've been doing it, I feel the show's a lot better than it was a year ago. But I had an idea of how to put a show together, what topics to hit, kind of how to run it because I had experience doing it. But it took time. You know, I'm the Mal- Malcolm Gladwell. I've been listening to radio my entire life. Like, I love the media. So I think the transition for me was pretty easy because I've, I really was a media guy before I ever went into football. I, I wrote for my my college newspaper. I had a weekly column, and that was before Twitter even existed. I would have died. I would have loved Twitter if I was in college. I would have been all over it. I, ugh, 
it would have been Twitter was was my jam. Would have been my jam. But you have that at your disposal when you're young, so mess with it. Question for you. Which Florida team would you most like to be a fan of? Dolphins, Tampa, or Jacksonville? Rank them in order and list this and list why starting this season outlook for each team. It's a hell of a question. Well, right now I would take Tampa because I love Bruce Arians. Jacksonville flips my guy, and Dolphins I don't really care. It depends how, if I was older. I mean, the Dolphins have history. They have one of the best quarterbacks ever played for them. They have the only undefeated team. Tampa did win a Super Bowl and has some Hall of Fame level players, so you'd have to put Jacksonville last. Uh, I've been to both Tampa and Miami as a scout. I would probably lean, I mean, obviously Miami is better, Fort Lauderdale. I'd probably lean Miami first, then Tampa as a close second. Now, big picture, I'm rooting for Foles, rooting for Flip. I I don't know, this is a tough one. That's that's not exactly like, rank the Lakers, Warriors, you know, and Mavericks. You know, this is tough. I don't know. I would honestly, you know, full disclosure, wouldn't want to be a fan of any of the three. Just, just being completely honest. What are concerns about Jimmy G throwing so many picks in practice? I know the preseason, but damn, doesn't pass the eye test. Yeah, I, I wasn't at practice. Talked about it earlier today. I, I don't really make much of it. Now, if he throws multiple picks week one and they lose to Tampa Bay, then uh, then it's time to sound the alarm. You know, sound that freaking alarm. But as we sit here on August 15th, some picks in practice, I, I don't really care. I'm from Atlanta and have seen how good Shanahan is as an offensive coordinator. But when I look at their roster, I see a below-average NFL caliber playmakers. Pettis was a solid return man in college, but struck me as a remedial as a receiver. Agreed. I feel I've seen Debo Samuel before and Farrell Cooper. I think Debo's better. Who can't even get on the field for the Rams. The national media seems to be proclaiming this team as the favorites to have a great year. I just don't see it. Could you give some perspective on what scouts and pundits may be seeing that I don't? Well, I, I was just texting with a buddy on this. The hype on Kyle Shanahan is really big, and I, I've been a part of that. But it ends this year. Like, for me with Kyle, it's time to win. You don't get any more excuses. I don't care if Bosa goes down, that's your fault you picked him. I don't care if D Ford goes down, that's your fault you traded for him. I don't care if Jimmy Garoppolo goes down, that's your fault you guys extended him and he always gets hurt. Like, it's, the excuses are gone. If you're a good coach in the NFL, you win. Like, to me this year, Kyle Shanahan has to make a wild card. If he doesn't, I'm out on him as a head coach. It turns out, like you were saying, he may just be a really good offensive coordinator. Because right now, he's the head coach. He's he's not, quote-unquote, the GM, but he's in charge. He picks all the players. Like, it's it's time to it's time to get it done. And if he doesn't get it done, he's just another really good OC that can't be a head coach. It, it's just that simple. Like, I, I, there are no excuses anymore. And I, being at practice, I, I'm like, God, maybe they're not as good as I think. I, I'm just done on even guessing with them. I just want the season to start, and then I'll judge them with games. Because you watch them in preseason games, they're sloppy. They had 18 penalties. I don't know if he's enough of a hard ass. I don't know. But I, I do think he's a really genius offensive mind. But at the end of the day, like, Andy Reid Sean Payton bring more to the table. They can lead the group, you know? They have a high standard for everyone. Penalties aren't allowed. 
So it's like this is a big year for Kyle. They're, they're, I just got just got done with a texting montage with someone. Like, I, I don't care. No excuses. I don't give a shit who's on IR. Everyone's blowing you in the media, including myself. But I, if if you go seven and nine, that ends. And I think that the fans around the Bay Area like that. No one cares anymore. Just just get it done. Because coaches in the NFL, usually a good coach in their first two years, get it done. Like, they just find a way. Even if the roster's not good enough. Like you said, the roster has some flaws. Though, I think Debo's good, and I like Jalen Hurd. Not the biggest Pettis guy, but in, in theory, Pettis should be like their third or fourth receiver. Now, Kyle did trade up to get him. That's on the personnel. And again, he's, if you read some of the articles, I don't know if he's always listening to the scouts. So like Kyle, like Bill O'Brien, stay away from the players. Let the scouts pick the players for you. Just coach the team. And I, this, is a, this is a huge year for Kyle. Because he's gotten a he's gotten a two year honeymoon period around here. Well, the honeymoon's over, and it, it's time to win, and that includes myself. I, I've given him a honeymoon period because I think highly of him because I, I watch him call plays. I think he's a genius. He's an excellent play caller. But there's more to being a head coach than being a play caller. There, there, there really is. And he's drafted in the top ten two years in a row. Now you can give me all the excuses you want, and they're valid. But I'm done with excuses. Just. Don't tell me how rocky the sea are. Just, just get the ship into the to the land. Just, just dock the boat. I, I just and that's I think speaking for the entire Barry. Just get it done. You know, just get it done. I'll end on that. Uh, have a good weekend. Enjoy some football, and uh, we'll talk next week. And by next week, we're only two two and a half weeks away from real NFL football. Adios. Godspeed. Peace. <laughs>
So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.